Hey guys, welcome to the Paddler's Playbook. Welcome ladies and gentlemen of podcast land. Thermal convection, man. These dudes almost killed me. You know, redfish are really dumb. How do you take your marsh dump? This fool used all my toilet paper. Bro, Well now that Drew's done dragging this on. TPP15. You gonna get a dozen shrimp? Hey, you throwing that cast net again this weekend? Over oh, Lord. I almost died. I do not want to paddle that far. Once again, he almost died. I'm not waking up at butt crack dawn. I'll see you at the launch around noon. I love wake baits. Haven't you ever heard them chatter? Let me double back here first. And now, a word from Saltside Jet. Oh, yeah. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the paddle. Check out our Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, of Podcast Land. I'm your host, Drew Turner. I'm here with my co-host, Chris Lewis, and this is another edition of the Paddler's Playbook coming at you live from the Bait Butler studio. Chris? Hey, man, for somebody need... that's that's supposed to be dead, you don't sound too bad, man. You sound all right. Well, we need to get this out in the open really quickly. So we had the bro staff meetup last weekend. We're a little late on this because Chris tried to kill me. No, um, no, no. <laughs> Chris tried to kill me. Um, I think it is. It, it's. It was in retaliation because he heard that I was going to cook some chili with ground beef, and apparently he cannot do ground beef. So he tried to take me out before I could even cook uh, any of my chili or anything. He, it's he the tried bro, to take it's me the bro out, staff meetup, man. Somebody's got to die at least once. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, the first one you died died last time. (laughs) Yeah, the first one you died. The second one, I end up at the Rockport ER, which shout out to the Rockport ER. They were really, really nice people. And of course, we were talking about fishing while we were there. But um, shout out to them for bringing me back to life. I thought I was dead, man. It was pretty interesting because, of course, Friday night, you know, everybody gets there and and the like the goal Friday night of everyone at the meetup is to laugh their asses off, drink as much as possible without dying and get ready for the next day. So of course people have their gear out, you know, they're getting some stuff rigged up. We're talking about gear. We're shooting the shit, having a bunch of laughs and nobody passed out drunk this time, which was, I mean, good or bad. I don't know, but I think it was good at like, I don't know what time it was, but the sun hadn't woke up yet. And all of a sudden, like there's cars starting up and moving around and shuffling. I'm like, damn, is it time to get up and go fishing? And I look at, at my, uh, at everybody that's in my campsite. And I'm like, no, ain't nobody getting up. What the hell's going on? <laughs> and then it wasn't, uh, what, an hour later or something like that. We start getting messages over, uh, Facebook messenger and, and Drew is so pumped full of drugs he's just like my luvula (laughs) man it was it was rough i um we hung out everything was fine my throat was just a little sore um and we went fishing i caught i caught a huge big ugly that night it was like first cast type thing right it was it was over 40 pounds so it was huge so don said hey man i got this um sheepy hole sheep's head hole he said um 
you know, there's some big sheep head there. So I said, all right, let's go. Let's go check it out. So me and Jessica, we went down to the pier first, and then we caught uh, Don and Kelly as we were coming back from the pier. And he's like, all right, let's go to the sheepy hole. And I said, all right, let's go. So I dropped my curly tail gulp down there, expecting to hook into a, a sheepy or two maybe. Just, you know, it... Night fishing around the piers and, you know, different little boat You don't ramps really care if you catch it. No, you don't. It's it's just, you're, you're just going to hang out and talk to folks and stuff. So I didn't even bring anything but a few gulps and jig heads. You know, that was it. So I'm jigging around these pylons and I hook into something and I go, well, that ain't a sheepy. <laughs> Took me underneath a bridge. I had to go over four or five pylons across the street over to the boat ramp to pull this fish from underneath everything that it was caught up in because there was so much stuff caught underneath there that's always a blast though like to to hook into something big like that on some on some light tackle um you remember that time when ed perry we were all hanging out at um san louis pass and we're fishing the surf just fishing for for uh trout trout man and he's throwing a gold spoon or silver spoon or something like that. And he's using like, I don't know, a pin 1000. It was a 1500. Okay. It was a pin 1500. Yes. But I mean, light tackle, right? And he hooks into a 40 something inch jack. Now, first off, a jack Cravel at any length, even 18 inches is a monster. They're not easy to get in. They'd rather die. Then come in on your line, man. Oh, yeah. And and this thing was 40-something inches. He sent a picture out to Penn and was like, hey, look what I caught off of the <laughs> off of the uh, the beach with this pin reel. And even Penn was shitting themselves <laughs> about it because the jack was just massive, man. I literally had Ed by his belt because he was get, he he would he would get in line and then be almost spooled and you could see his knot and then get in line and so, so I had him by his belt and we were out there and I was kind of helping him hold on as we were jumping waves because he couldn't touch the bottom and I could hardly touch the bottom and we were both kind of helping fight this fish because he he couldn't get enough line in on that 1500 series reel to get this this jack yeah, there in. Was- there was a time where we were just like, okay, we're we're done watching you guys. I, I think it took y'all at least an hour. It it was it was at least forty five minutes out there, and this was in like chest deep, neck deep water until we could get it close enough where he could get some line. Because as soon as he made any ground on it, it peeled back off to where so you could see it. Those are where those are see the, the re- knot. let's say, let's say those are the real accounts of hooking large fish on light tackle and then there's these youtubers out there <laughs> he's drew's like don't don't go there man don't go there well we they, were just talking we were just talking about we were just talking about this um when was that was that friday that me and you were talking about that yeah yeah and um, so there's these these guys out there that you know they want everything to be and that's cool man that's that's you know what i mean hollywood over dramatizes everything um i mean we're not in hollywood but hey if you want to be a part of that culture be a part of that culture do whatever you you know whatever makes you happy but i'm gonna laugh at it because if you're out there 
and you get spooled by a lower slot redfish. <laughs> I mean, and they're barely keepers. That's what gets me is these fish are barely keep. Because I'm going to go on my soapbox for a second, right? Because me and you were talking about this. These fish are barely keepers. Lower and slot. Yeah. A lot of these guys are using ultralight setups, really, really small lures, because it's more important for them to get content of catching the smaller fish than anything else. Now, I won't say there's anything wrong with that until, until, you, until you see some of these fish bleeding down from their gills and everything because so that, they're swallowing these smaller baits so far down and then they're fighting those things until they're exhausted and these redfish are potentially dying because some of them too this does piss me off a little bit you'll see the way they release a fish and they just chunk them in the damn water like they don't even no, try no to revival and yeah anybody that thinks that that's not a thing you just need to check yourself okay Yes. And and speak to some people that really know They're, these fish. You know, I just talked about how jacks would rather die than than come in on your line. Um, there are a lot of fish that are the same way. Redfish. The last tournament that we fished, twenty-seven and three-quarter inch redfish. I did not expect to fight this fish as long as I did. It was a real. It was a literal fight, man. This fish probably fought harder than most overs that i've caught it was a bad boy and it died dude like mm -hmm. and i did everything i could to get it to the boat and get it on because i'm tournament fishing man i don't want that fish to die i want to get it to the boat as fast as possible i want to get it on the stringer and i want it to be very vibrant the whole time right i want it to be alive but it still died dude mm -hmm. and some of these guys for content and we talked about it. Yes, you know, that's the one thing that I said. I was like, they don't realize that this fight that they're they're putting up for show is actually killing yeah, it's, the fish it, on the other end. It's hurting the fish and it's I don't want to sound like some PETA dude and you don't want to sound I, like I don't some either. Abs dude. absolutely not, because I keep just as many fish as It'd be better else. if they keep it, but yeah, they're not. Exactly. I mean I keep just as many fish as everybody else. But if you are if you are purposely using extremely light line, purposely using very small lures, purposely downsizing to like thousand series reels, ultralight rods, because it's better for your content and you are consistently losing fish, sending fish away with... 20 yards of line sticking out their mouth and a small little lure stuck in their stomach, um, then you're being a little bit irresponsible. And, you Indeed. know, I, 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 I don't want to put a blanket statement on everybody because that's not what happens. No, you know what else? Because there's, there's also people that, that for the sport of fishing, they play fish. Okay. And that's, that's also something that's different. Okay. That you can play fish responsibly. Right. Exactly. I used to fish with 15 pound line um, and, and medium light tackle. And the idea was not to horse the fish in, but to enjoy the fight. But no when. OK, I've got to I've got to just go ahead and and 
you know, get the fish in yeah, and then well, re- revive it. 15 pounds is reasonable. I'm talking about like guys trying to catch stuff on two, two pound, five pound How long- test and everything like that. Like that's a little bit irresponsible knowing that you could hook into a 20, 22, 24, 28 inch fish. And if you do not even know how to stand up and get that fish into the kayak and get the hook out of his mouth and revive him safely, like you're being a little bit irresponsible. How long did you, okay. So you fought this uh, big ugly for 40 minutes. Oh no, not the big ugly. The big ugly. I got him in, in the 15 minutes, 15 minutes tops. So so 15 minutes. How long did you take to revive him? And and was he pretty vibrant and he was ready to kick off? He, I thought he was. So we got in there and, you know, I, I held him by his tail. We sat there, went back and forth, went back and forth. He kicked off. And then he went belly up. Yeah. So but we rehooked him. In, like this, this awesome, this, this massive fish that's so strong. And you'd think that he'd just pop right up and go, you know, right about his business. Yes. They're still but, delicate. But after he went belly up, you know, I threw my jig out there. I brought him back in. And I was prepared to go jump in the water and revive him again. Um, but Jessica got a hold of him and she was laying down right there on the side of the pier and she probably held him there. Um, cause we moved to where the current was flowing against like against him. So it was flowing over his gills and she probably held him for another five, 10 minutes, just sitting there holding him, getting him back. And then this time he really took off really strong. Um, so we took the time to get him back in. I mean, but I also, I'll preface this by saying I wasn't purposely trying to catch a big ugly. You know, I, I was using one of my lighter rods and reels you, with 20-pound braid on it to catch some say, sheepies. You can't say preface <laughs> because you've already told the whole entire story, so there is no preface. Well, you, your you know what I mean. Your preface would have been <laughs> 30 minutes ago or 15 minutes ago. So hey, that's we're the, not. That's the medicine talking. I'm sorry, it, that was the wrong wrong adjective. Yeah. So Drew is drugged up, <laughs> very much hey, so. We're not necessarily. Um, this episode is not necessarily about catch and release and and how to do it responsibly. But let's go ahead and just tell everybody right now. Um, if you're interested in catch and release, which honestly is one of the best things you can do for our fishery. Go ahead and do some reading up on it and um, watch some YouTube videos. Talk to some professional captains that, that all they do is catch and release and uh, and learn. Okay, learn. But we've got a lot going on, man. We got a ton going on. We ha- we Even our last episode, we were like, man, we're going to get another one out quick. But we've just had so much going on that uh, still can't get back into that rhythm. I know that after the holidays are up, we've got a few episodes lined up, like our holiday episode we've got to get out, um, and we've got business to take care of as far as, as the podcast itself for the new year coming up. But right now, there's this topic that, Drew, you've wanted to get back into for quite some time because it's been two years almost since we've spoken this topic, and the topic is buying kayaks, right? Yes. There's a lot of new listeners and they always, like you said, they always go back to that episode um, just to sort of revisit, you know, what we originally spoke about. And that's and that's just the passion for the plastic, man. That's just loving the, the actual kayak itself and how to get into the sport. And 
there are some new manufacturers out there, some new products that we should probably talk about. And, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly of it all. And some of the things we may be hearing about them, too. There's, there's, some, there's some rumors out there. so I love talking rumors, man. Let's like, spread that shit. We're going to take a break from our regularly scheduled program to bring you something new and exciting to the bro staff and the listeners of the Paddler's Playbook. All right, guys. So say you've got a product out there and you really want to push this product to show how wonderful and great it is, but you're not too sure exactly how to get it out to the masses. Or let's say... You've got a retail space, and you want everyone in your area to start finding out about this retail space. Or you want to branch out and, and expand this retail space into uh, online shopping. How do you do it? Well, there's one way, advertising. And what we would like to do here at the Paddler's Playbook is start opening up some of our airtime to guys like you. Folks that are trying to build a business, because let's face it, today's day and age with the height of COVID and the things that are going on in this world, you need a little bit of help. We need a little bit of help. They need a little bit of help. Everybody needs a little bit of help. We're trying to build something and grow. Let's do it together. So at this time for 2022, the Paddler's Playbook is going to open up some of our sponsorship time some of our airtime to people like you. If you're interested, you want to be a part of the show, go ahead and reach out to us. You can reach out to us on Facebook, Instagram, send us a message. We'll be sure to get back to you. Drew's somewhat responsive. I'm kidding. That dude's on there like all day, every day. He'll get back to you within about five seconds. Myself, I'm sorry if I don't get to respond to you right away, but it'll come eventually so once again guys hit us up if you're interested in some airtime uh if you're interested in help in us helping you get the word out for your your up-and-coming business um new products that you've got out there we're willing to help we've got some airtime for you but 2022 for the third season man i think it's it's time to I guess blow this thing up, man. Something you've always wanted to do. We're going to do know, a you... big in 2022, brother. Drew, do Drew's a big. always wanted to be the Joe Rogan of kayak shows. So, uh, hell yeah. <laughs> we'll see if we can move in that direction. We got to get we got to get out there, man. We got to get out there. So, but, who's who of the kayak scene these days, man? Us. We're we're who's who. I mean, uh, who? the actual plastic. So, um from what I understand and this may have happened a long time ago. Well, let me ask you this. Yeah. In the past two years, which kayak brand or which few kayak brands do you think have grown the most that we're hearing more about? Because there's two in my mind that stick out. 100%. Um, the, the, the one kayak brand that has probably grown the most in the past two years, in my opinion, is Old Town. Okay. Old Town I is, completely 100% agree. Old Town has has taken that uh, that bass yak market by storm, man. Those guys are just in love with what Old Town's doing. Um, that uh, motor guide, what is it, the IX5 or whatever they've put on that thing. Um, 
and and the spot lock technology and all of that has become a game changer for the bass fishermen. I'm not a bass fisherman myself. Drew, you're really not a bass fisherman, but we understand what those guys go through. We understand what they need. We understand the scene. Um, and I understand it, and I, I know you're saying the bass guys. There are some inshore guys. Yep. Yeah, that are I was using about to bring up Castro. And my next dude, my next kayak is gonna be the you know 136 with spot lock. I've already I made up my mind that that's that's what it's gonna be. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have the autopilot, the 136 autopilot. And there there are you know there are fishermen out there that they love their gadgets, man, and that brought the gadgetry to the next level. Um, Next thing we know, we're going to see 13-inch screens built into the kayak. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, I think so. I just, I think, here, here's, here's, where, here's where the Old Town kind of won me over. Um, you know, I like an open deck. I, I, I just like an open deck. I like most, a clean, most people clean open deck. Um, the Hobie actually drives me crazy sometimes because the the pedals are right there in the middle like they're right there where i want to lay stuff and set stuff down all the time um with the autopilot they moved the motor so far to the front of that boat that you still have plenty of open deck right there in front of you even with the motor pulled up even with the motor not deployed it's still a low enough profile where it's really only like having, you know, a 20-quart cooler up in the front as far as an obstacle that you have to work around. So um, with I, that, with, sorry, man, uh, I got this question. Since you're saying, you know, with it deployed and, and, and undeployed, just I started thinking about the weight. So mm-hmm. when you have one of these, do you have to Iconelli the damn thing? As far as just jerking it up? No, nah, man. I mean, do you have to literally slip this thing into the water using a, a boat trailer? It's I want to say without the battery, it's one thirty six. So it's I mean it's pretty heavy. That's a big boat. Without the battery, thirteen foot. But yes, but how much how much does the the PA twelve weigh? I'm looking that up right now. It's it's like. 117 118 i think yeah i mean i i get the pa12 in there by myself um for for me and the launches that i launch at i'm not i don't have to trek very far i i don't have to i don't have to go very far to get to the water to get the boat in the water so i'm not you don't it's like not going a big very deal. far regardless that's very true um but it, it doesn't bother me loading and unloading. Like, that's not a big deal. I put it in the back of the truck. Totally I off take it off of there. But did, but, you, but did you happen to see the picture that I posted that was like, we launch at 12 in honor of Drew Turner? I did, and I liked the hell out of that thing. <laughs> yeah. I liked the hell we didn't, out of it. We didn't even start, like, getting stuff out of, out of the cars until, like, 11.45. <laughs> While I was in the hospital, I'm like, yes, this is my trip. Go ahead, go ahead, man. So the the auto the is it still called the Sportsman? It is the Sportsman Autopilot 136 with the Minkota 
45. So 136 is that 13 foot 6 inches? Yes. I mean, they have a 120 as well. They have a 120, yeah. So The 136 just offers more deck space in the front. Um, a little bit more in the back, but it offers more in the front. And that's so what I, I value. I hit the proverbial uh, nail on the head whenever I said Old Town, right? Yep. So what was you said there was at least two. What was the other one that you were thinking of? I'm uh, Hoodoo. Okay, so... So hoodoo, and me and you have talked about this a lot. Have we though? We have. We've we've talked about it. So, not on the show. Not on the show. But me and you have talked about it. For those that don't know, hoodoo is a um, is a product that's bringing, being brought to the United States via international waterways um, into Texas, and the owners of hoodoo are local to us. Um, and honestly more local to me than, than Drew, but they are a, uh, Texas owned operation Mm -hmm. and Hoodoo has a variety of kayaks available. And when, for what I've heard that they're all, they're awesome guys. The Hoodoo guys are awesome guys. They're great guys. Customer service is awesome. Um, everything about the experience with the people that run Hoodoo has been awesome. I've I've got a little bit of experience with the boats that are being offered um, right now, uh, the models that they're coming out with in the future. Um, I'm sure they'll change because knowing how this this type of operation works, um, there's a partnership overseas that they work with in order to uh, make design changes um, to the craft themselves. But they always start out with one uh, available mold okay and then they make changes based off of that these particular molds these boats as far as i know and i have not spoken with the people directly so i'm going pretty much off of what i speculate but these boats were once offered as under the name eddie gear Mm -hmm. and if anybody in the industry knows who eddie gear is eddie gear is a company out of atlanta georgia and um the owner had i mean huge respect for for kayaking in the kayak community and um a very large passion he was a united states veteran um and like a lot of these guys whenever they come out of you know whenever they retire from uh from the military they look for things to do that satisfy them mm-hmm. you know that make them happy. So he wanted to start a kayak company. And so he started Eddie gear. It's the same thing that Hoodoo's doing that Hoodoo's done. And a lot of the models are, if not, you know, similar, they're the same. Mm-hmm. And I believe the models that they're using currently used to be called the Trevelli and the, uh, the Marlin. And now they're called, I think the Tempest. And, I know, I know they have the impulse, but I don't know impulse. if that's one of them that you're talking that's... about. So the quality of the product is pretty much the same that you would expect from any overseas you know, manufacturer. It's going to be thick, heavy plastic. Um, a lot of a lot of uh, instead of rounded edges, it's going to be a lot of sharp edges on the boat. It's just easier when they build molds to make 
straight angles, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's easier to get that right. <laughs> yeah, they, they feel better. It's easier. It's easier to have better quality for what it is with with those type of molds. It is. So, and I'm not going to let any cats out of the bag, but that entire operation, from what I understand, is going to change. Yes. And it's not that Hoodoo, the company, um, does not trust their partners. And I'm totally speculating. Uh, guys. Yeah, we don't know anything about it. I don't know so, shit. So if you're listening to this show and you you know of some um, some people who are close to Hoodoo, um, who you think, oh, this guy told these guys so-and-so. No, they didn't. Like nobody, right. nobody's told us anything. This is complete speculation between me and well, Chris and, and it's, on it's the trends that we're seeing with different companies and conversations. That, with conversations people. that we've had with with a lot of these manufacturers, they don't. They want. There is a, a climate right now where where people that are manufacturing things that actually are Americans that live in America that do business in America would prefer to have their product built, made, sourced here in America. Sometimes it's very difficult to source your materials other than overseas. Sometimes it's very difficult to manufacture your product other than overseas. But we all want to see it happen here. We all want to see it happen in the States. So I can guarantee you pretty much every single company out there that is manufacturing overseas wants to try and find a way to do it better at the same or similar cost stateside. And that's the thing. That's the thing. I think Hoodoo is growing um, tremendously, especially in our area. In um, Texas, be- especially. Yeah, yeah, because they're they're out of our area. Now, if they can, if they continue to grow like this, and you know, have some brand recognition, um, I think they could possibly move some of that stuff statewide. Of course, that's going to change the price point. I mean, you can't, you can't have the same or lower price point with made in American goods right now. I mean, you just, you can't, that's why some of the American made kayaks are more expensive um, because well, of the cost of labor and materials and actually getting the materials here for some, some of them. Um, the it's top, not going to happen. The, the top kayaks in the game. Well, no, I can't say that because there are some top manufacturers, top kayaks that are not, made in the united states i mean there are some that are made in australia that are at the top of their game um but a lot of the high-end vessels that we buy regularly are made here stateside Mm -hmm. okay some of you guys may not believe it hobie i mean they used to be i think they were originally made in malibu Mm. california and now they, I think they have an operation in like Florida or something like that, but they're still made stateside. Uh, Big Waters, I think they manufacture everything in, on the East Coast. Um, and then there is a manufacturer in the Northeast. I think they're called Dutch something or other. And they manufacture boats like Santa Cruz. I mm-hmm. think they used to do the, the new Scupper mold, but now Scupper's being made over in Africa, um, South Africa at that uh, but there are a lot of manufacturers and boats that are being made stateside. Oh yeah, that's Jackson, the goal for most people. 
Jackson, of course. Native, bonafide, well, bonafide. Bonafide's, well, Bonafide's actually a part of, uh, I think, Big Waters now. So yeah. that was something I was actually going to talk yeah, about. Like the not... change, one of the changes in, in kayaking over the past year is Yak Attack and Luther, they sold that, right? They sold that product. It's no longer a part of their offering. Mm-hmm. It's now owned by Big Waters, I believe. It is? Yeah. And they got a pedal drive coming out. They've it's got the, a pedal it's the, drive coming out. It's the native out. pedal drive, but I um, wish I wish it was something other than than a damn prop drive. I'm so just waiting for a breakthrough moment where something as good as the Mirage drive is is created and and put out there to the public. Listen, if we've got some innovators here that listen to the show and if you have an engineering background and you want to work with me on something that's completely amazing, completely different, I have ideas and they're real true ideas. I mean, come on guys, 22 years in aerospace. I have ideas that pour out of every hole in my body. <laughs> Send me a message, man, because I have a drive system that I would love to create. Uh, Luther, you're probably listening to this. I've already talked to you about it. You told me that you kind of tried it but it didn't work but i have another idea so anyway let's get let's get the cl cl drive system the chris lewis drive system the cl let's i let's thought circle. it would be i thought it would be awesome on the bonafide man i mean it, it the bonafide deserves something other than a prop drive it really does forget a prop drive guys stop making prop drives they everybody's suck. going to motor anyway chris everybody's gonna go to motor let's circle back though okay Hoodoo, um, not just Hoodoo, just any any new kayak company. Um, if they are not manufactured in America, does it matter to you if it's manufactured in America, if it's made in America? So, what what's the difference there, Drew? What's the difference in manufactured in America and made in America, or assembled in America? Assembled in America. Like I, what? I mean, what? 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 What makes the difference to you? So, I mean, it, in the ultimate scheme of things, it doesn't necessarily make a huge difference to me. I just because there, my whole my whole life is surrounded by things that that say made in China. I mean, um, the microphones that we're on, our yeah. computers that we're on, all the of reels the reels. That I love, bro. Almost all, all the of reels. the reels, yes. I use some that are made in Sweden. I use some that are made in Japan. I use some Korean reels. Um, but there's a reason I ask you this, and we're going to get back to it in a second, but go ahead. So there's a difference in the symbol in America, made in America. Um, you know, most things say, okay, if you go buy a Troy built mower right now, a lot of it will say sourced in America or uh, originally manufactured in the, in the United States. <laughs> Every body that sells something in the United States actually wants to be able to put that made in the USA stamp on it. Mm-hmm. And our, honestly, I think passionately that our culture needs to change and that needs to mean something again. Um, made in the USA needs to actually mean something because I tell you what. The goods that we produced at one point were as were good, better. if not better, than German engineering and German manufacturing. Mm-hmm. I believe German engineering, German manufacturing is probably the best 
in the world, but it's expensive and nobody wants to pay the money for it, right? Everybody wants to buy the least expensive stuff and then, and then it becomes disposable. Boom. Done with it. Gone. Throw it away. Um, German shit lasts a long time. Go buy you some, you know, German steel, bro. It's it's going to last a long time. Engineered to last. Yeah, it, it really is. And, I mean, we used to be as good, if not better. So go ahead. What, so you're gonna, you said you're gonna circle back to that. So it it was it's it's awesome. It's like you read my mind. You were just talking about the engineering. Um, to me, I'm not a huge stickler on if it's made in America or, or where it's made. But if you are a company that I am going to put my money towards. I want to know that you are spending your own money on research and development for a different product that is different than any other product out there on the Innovation. market. Innovation. Yes. And that like, is why... Bring something new to me. That is why, you know, when we, we, we've talked about Hoodoo and Brooklyn Kayaks and... You know, Eddie Gear and, you know, even Vibe. Well, Eddie Gear's defunct now, I believe. Even they're, Vibe they're a few years ago. Um, you know, Vibe made it to, I, I don't know when it was, 2019 maybe. Maybe it was even 2018. They were, they were listed as the number one new kayak manufacturer mm -hmm. in the United States. But now Vibe is putting out their own models that do not look like anything else they're not taking they had a shared platform yet yeah, they, yes. they so you know what's funny is somehow somebody over in overseas in another country got a hold of the mold for the ocean kayak prowler or maybe it was the ocean kayak trident and you started seeing all these new kayak companies pumping out these kayaks that look just like them same exact Ocean everything. kayak prowler, everything, and then a wilderness latch on there on the front, and then right, right. and then it in in you know in the middle it looked like it had a feel free latch in the middle, and then a turnstile ocean latch in the very back, and that that's kind of what I'm getting at is when a company starts investing in its own research and development. When I start to see, you know, XYZ kayaks and I look at a model and I'm like, okay, well, there's a wilderness hatch. There's the front end from a Prowler. There's the handles from a Jackson. But if I look at an XYZ kayak, I'm like, oh, that's XYZ. Yeah, that's XYZ stuff. That's, you know, because you can tell what a Hobie hatch looks like. You can tell what a wilderness hatch looks like. You can tell what all these, well, you, to, a native be, pedal drive looks like. To be fair, man, um, all of those those items that that you're naming, or a lot of those items that you're naming, are are manufactured by companies on their own. So a... a I mean, and Somebody, they could be buying it all from Select or, you know, okay, every, that's what every, you know, I was you know what to, I mean? Okay. They're, they're buying it all. But Wilderness has its own style and type that Select is making well, just for them. 
I believe, yeah, I, exactly. I believe Wilderness went out and stopped. They stopped making their own um, hatches whenever they stepped away from uh, the Tupperware hatch. Mm-hmm. Which, bring them back, bro. <laughs> Those are the best damn hatches in the world because they sealed. They literally, they they were the perfect sealing hatch. They they never leaked. Um. Whoa, that was loud. <laughs> I think that was my dog jumping. Anyway, um, yeah, they did. They they started to source, and that's fine too. You know, source your parts um, from different places. It makes it a little bit easier for the end user to find replacements. Um, but have them be I, distinguishable for your brand. Yeah, it's expensive to do that. You know, it's expensive to have a manufacturer um, mold. You know, even your logo into mm-hmm. a hatch cover it costs more money um the the dimensions may remain the same the uh, mechanism for opening and closing and sealing off the hatch may remain the same but just being being able to get that logo um molded into it will cost you extra and there's a lot of people out there that would rather not mm-hmm. and you'll you have know, to change your molds up and and yeah. things like that and that's why some of these these other kayaks have a cheaper price point than the you know the ones that are you know Hobie, Native, everything and else that are making changes yearly because they want to put out a new product for the customers every year and be innovative and make go. small and make Hoodoo. small little changes and stuff like that. Yeah, Hoodoo. They they right now they're bringing budget kayaks to. A budget market and and that's a market perfect. that is nothing wrong with market that. that is fighting for product um and they got plenty not, of product man they got plenty of product well they've got enough for this small community that's mm-hmm. here um they don't have the means to to get these kayaks out to the masses that's just not going to happen right now um vibe it took a very long time i remember when when they first started out, um, and I'm not even going to name names, but the partners that that helped create what Vibe is today, they had a hard time getting that product out to people, even just a state or two away from where their main operation was, because it takes money, it takes time, it takes effort, it takes energy, it takes all these things to come together to make it happen. Shipping and kayaks ain't cheap. It is not cheap, bro. I. Man, I'm coming from Florida, coming back from a Florida trip, and I make it to Louisiana, and I see the owner of Santa Cruz Kayaks at the same rest stop, and I stop and talk to him. And he's got a freaking trailer loaded with Santa Cruz Raptors. He's shipping in by by himself because it costs too much to have somebody else ship ship the kayaks for him. So he's driving them across the freaking united states and yeah it's it's expensive um the whole operation is expensive and you've got to get big in order to take over the world and and really make a killing off of it and those unfortunately you know the the big guys have already got the market pretty much cornered Um, but now is the time if you want to become a competitor I think now is 
it's the best time. It is the best, absolute best time because the big guys are having a hard time getting their product out. Everybody's facing the same challenges. The The playing field is, has been sort of evened out so that the little guys can actually get in there and, and, and battle a little bit. Who knows how long that's going to last, though? It may not. It may be one more year, and next thing you know, things are back to normal, and yeah. we're getting in Hobie, and we're getting in, you know, plenty of um, Old Town and and wilderness, and then those little guys are going to have a hard time competing. But right now, well, they're I mean, they're... feel good about what they're doing for sure. They're making their name now, so I mean that—that's what they got to do. They got to make their name. They got to get, um, they got to get their name out there to the masses, and then when whenever they're able to do their own research and development and come out with, you know, uh, specific kayaks that are, you know, what their company will be known for in the future. Um, now, you know, now's the time to do that. And then from what we're hearing and speculating that, you know, they're, they're going to do that. Um, now, Chris, I saw a Facebook post the other day. I, I'm real big on the Old Town um, bandwagon right now just because I'm very, very intrigued by the motor option. I love the way that the motor is set up. Um I'm not huge on, on the pedaling just because, like I said, it puts so much stuff really close to the seat right there. But I know you love pedaling. It doesn't bother you a whole lot. You like paddling as well. I love it all. But you um, you posted up uh, uh, Outback the other day, and you were like, this is the two best. Or this is one, know, one, yeah, of, one, the second one of the best two Outback best, ever made. Yeah, Outback ever made. And you think that right now that the current design – on the Outback is the best, the best Outback, Outback ever, ever made. Yeah. Do you think that the Outback right now, in your opinion, is the best kayak out there on the market? So, um, and you know what's funny is I kind of cringed whenever I said that it was the best Outback ever made. And I cringed for one reason. Because all the offshore guys would say no. Um, the offshore guys that use the Outback as an offshore boat do not like the, the current model. And the reason why is because it takes too much water over the bow, where the older style Outback. It's a lot flatter, took, it, yeah, if that but, makes sense. And it cuts, okay? It cuts through water instead of riding on top. So when a wave comes, it's going gonna, it's gonna to cut through that, that wave rather than riding over top of it. And it's going to take that, that water over the bow. Hobie users don't like a lot of water over their bow because they know their hatches are going to leak. <laughs> That's true because they're not even they're not even designed not to leak. They're just like, all right, let's throw a lip over here and hopefully the water don't you know they don't get enough water over here where it goes underneath the lip. It, it always happens though. Yeah, um, you can most, take as much of that little foam self adhesive foam as you want and put it all over the top of that, and it's still going to leak. It's still going to leak a little bit, um, but the. I say that this is current the new Outback is currently the best Outback ever made because it is super versatile. It can actually be paddled. The other Outbacks would not paddle worth a shit. 
Hobie has it uh, with the older styles. They have something called the right hand turn phenomenon. It's something that is inevitable. If you try to paddle the machine by itself um, without the Mirage Drive, it's going to make right hand turns, and you're going to constantly do corrective strokes. It's annoying. The only one that didn't do it was the Adventure. The Adventure did not do that. Even the Revo does it. Right hand turns, Outback. Right hand turns. With the change that they made, and they brought the change in with the compass, is they went ahead and created a flat hole on the bottom um, rather than having any um, drop-down keels or anything like that that are in the way. Actually, there is a small keel on the back. but And they put that rudder underneath rather than flip and stow. That rudder underneath really helps to turn that sucker, man. It turns tight, 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 like the PA. Um, the stability is second to none, bro. I mean, you've been in one and Mm -hmm. I'm sure you were able to stand no problem. Oh yeah. Um, I don't like all the gadgetry all over the sides. Like, I don't know why I still have my H rails on the sides and the front. I need to take those off. Um, they don't need to be there for me. I don't use a lot of track gear, so they're useless to me. I do like how they have the little holes for like your pliers and things like that. I'm good with that. Um, but it is probably the best Outback ever made. The 2010 model that I posted was for sale. The guy was only asking $900 for it. Unbelievable. Great price. And it has the saddle. I dig the saddle, man. Saddle's comfortable to me. I can sit side, I can sit side saddle in the kayak. Um, when you're lower, when your center of gravity is lower, um, the boat tends to respond better, um, and you're more connected with the with the craft itself. So, yeah, second best man. It's not, is it is it the best either. kayak out there right now though? I haven't been for in our whole... for our type of fishing. For me, it is. I mean, for for me, it's. It, it's the only boat that I'd take out for serious a serious day of tournament fishing. And you like it um, so much, you have two of them. Um, I like it so much, I have three, but don't tell anybody. <laughs> Look, if we go through my, my fleet right now, it's three Outbacks, um, Tarpon 160, a Trident, a Poseidon, and a Native Frontier. So... And I'm still looking at other kayaks going, I really want that one too. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's funny. Um, when, when, I'm not even going to say if, when I end up with this old town, I'll have the old town with the spot lock. I'll have a PA-12. Um, we have Jessica's Radar-135, and I'll still keep keep my native um, Ultimate. Those are some very, very different type of kayaks I, in the, in the stable. Look, dude, I just had a conversation with somebody about this the other day. Him and his tournament partner were out fishing, and his tournament partner could not get to the area that they were supposed to be at. Um, so, therefore, they could not fish the area that they wanted to fish. Was it just too shallow, and he couldn't get that shallow, or what? It was. Or or I, or it was he couldn't use the pedal drive, and it was a long-ass way. There were, uh, there were other. Yeah, the pedal drive was a problem, okay? The pedal drive was a problem. And if, if you know that you're going to go fish an area um, where 
where that becomes an issue, have another boat available, especially if you're if you're serious about tournament fishing. It mm-hmm. and I hate that you know we always come full circle to you know we always come around to tournament fishing, but that's kind of a serious part of the sport. You know, that's when you you start laying down money on on what you're doing. It's not all about that for sure, one hundred percent. It's not all about laying down money. It's nice though. It's nice to be able to and have fun doing it. Yeah. There was a time where it just wasn't fun. You know, we were, everybody was just so just, I don't know what you would call it, but it was not enjoyable. Everybody was just an asshole, I guess. Well, well do you, do you think that too, it came with us growing as, adults and us growing as us who like us personally or us as as like the community that we fish in personally because there's still guys out there that are assholes i haven't but, changed bro but we changed. don't we don't talk to them but you don't you don't think your mentality has changed at all where you're nicer i won't say nicer but you're i was you're only more... ever a dick to you and the people that i'm i hang out with so the question is do you think that i've grown personally or that you and i have grown personally in in the sport and of course everybody has growth you know they all have room for growth but the culture itself just has more people involved and more types of people involved so overall what we're getting out of it in the tournament realm is different I'm able to relate to these people because I still think of myself as a novice, not a pro. And so these people, therefore, I'm able to sit down and talk to just like a normal person. Where before it was saturated with people that always wanted a pro circuit, pro team, pro this, pro that. And that's not what kayaking is really supposed to be about. But, do, but the, the, I'm asking about the change because... Do you think, and, and, and about yourself changing, because I'm just saying, like, do you think that you've gotten better at just ignoring those people, or do you think there's less of those people around? Oh, sure. That, that was yeah, my yeah. thing. That's that's what I'm saying. So, like, I think we've grown up and changed enough where we're just what, like, we don't give a shit about those people anymore, so we don't even pay attention or listen to them. At. There was a time where I used to get so just fed up with, the drama around fishing that I would cuss everybody out and then I would get uninvited to so many things. (laughs) People were like, nah, don't bring Chris because I would just be like, fuck all (laughs) (laughs) y'all. And it was, it was basically because, you know, it wasn't that I wanted to be a part of, of the scene. Um, but I was kind of being drawn in that direction and I wanted to do other things. It was weird, man. It was a weird time, but yeah, we've all got room for growth. We've all grown. Um, it's a wonderful place that we're actually in right now. I think the sport is, is growing for the better. We've got some great people that we're able to, um, to hang out with and, and, and bullshit with and, and fish with and camp with and things like that. So it's, it's becoming better. Now there was another topic that you wanted to touch on. So if you're ready, dude, like we've talked about boat manufacturers and we've talked about the scene and we've talked about, we haven't talked about any Marsh BMs or anything like that. This episode, do we need to talk about that? 
No, I think we're good. Dude, this will air right before Thanksgiving. My favorite holiday. Uh, you're, you and me both, man. Um, I love Thanksgiving. You ain't got to buy any presents. All you got to <laughs> do is eat deviled eggs, watch Everybody football. food, man. Yes, and hang out with family and watch, you know, watch the, the kids and stuff That's go another crazy. Thing needs to just come back. Come back yes. to, to what it used to be. And, yeah, there's a lot of political crap surrounding Thanksgiving. But, look, for the good of everyone and their hearts and their minds, bring traditional Thanksgiving back. So, but what happens right after Thanksgiving is holiday shopping, dude. Yes, sir. Holiday shopping starts Friday. And it starts for some of y'all Friday. I ain't shopping Friday. We, yes, there, there's a lot of people that will be out there doing the Black Friday sales um, starting at like midnight, <laughs> freaking Thursday night. Boycott uh, Black Friday. Friday. Yeah. That's my, that's my thing. So we do have a gift guide episode coming up, I hope. If we don't, man, I think I'd like to throw a couple of things out there right now that I've recently learned about um, that people need to go put in their hands, check it out, and, and pick up a couple for their, you know, their significant other or their friends or whatever. And one of those things is actually new from Abu Garcia. I Ooh. do not know if you've seen this yet. But Tell me more. Abu Garcia has a new, um, and let me let me go back right quick. You said you wanted to drop this topic based off of things that we actually want. That me and you want that we 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 would like to have either someone buy us or hell, we're just gonna go buy it ourselves because yeah, we want it. this will probably be what I mean because actually, yeah. Bought myself a little something recently. <laughs> I won't talk too much about here yet. But anyway, so Abu Garcia um, came out with a new reel, and it's the uh, the new uh, Jordan Lee low profile um, casting reel. They actually have a spin or two, but I was able to pick one up, and dude, despite its weight. Okay, which, I mean, it's not the lightest thing in the world, but it's not the heaviest thing in the world. It's like seven ounces and some change. Nice. It feels like a premium reel. It feels like a $200 reel. What's the price point on it? 99 bucks, man. Ooh. It's right there at what we would call a budget reel, man. Is that going to be the new Black Max? No, 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 no. So the black, the new Black Max, which I can't believe that they discontinued the Black Max. I mean, that's been like one of their hottest sellers. I think they're just re, they're rebranding it is all they're doing. Um, but no, the the Jordan Lee is actually a. It's very similar to what we've seen, like in a uh, an I think an S model um, reel, but it's got some upgrades to it, like. Um, custom grips on the uh uh the handle some custom colors and it's just man it's just smooth 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 another thing that i know i'm going to do is i'm going to switch my my all of my spinning gear over to pin um i'm just my okuma reels are just too too old 
they're just really, really old. So I'm starting now, just now, and this has been years and years and years of heavy abuse. I'm just now starting to see some major problems with them. And I haven't upgraded my spinning gear in at least two years. So I'm definitely going to switch over and dude, I'm going for the conflict. I know so many people are saying clash, clash, clash. You're a big clash fan yourself. I like the, I like the weight savings where I can save weight. And if I can save weight, even if I'll be it, you know, a couple hundredths of an ounce or whatever, tenth, tenths of an ounce, whatever it is, I'll save it. So the conflict is probably where I'll go. The only issue I've had with my pin clash, the absolute, I've, four of them pin clash one and two the only thing i've had an issue with is one is at the bottom of titlin tatlin bayou that's it it's the only problem i've had with any of them <laughs> the rest of them are flawless they're they're still perfect i've cleaned so, one of them once so salt side jess had to put her stamp of approval on on the uh the saltiness of a clash reel <laughs> she sent one down to the bottom of titlin tatlin so, hey, I want to go over something real quick on this uh, Jordan Lee uh, reel, the the uh, casting reel. I'm going to read the features off to you right quick. Ten stainless steel ball bearings and one roller bearing. Machined double anodized aluminum spool. So that's sort of an aluminum spool. Anodized aluminum spool is sort of a high-end finish. But it's to be expected. Most, I think most people expect it now. So it's got the power disc drag system, Dura gear, brass gear, hmm, typical Dura, I mean brass gear, Magtrax brake system. Uh, the the drag system's I think 15 pounds of drag. But here's what's really awesome. It's actually in a $99 reel, sub $100 reel, you're getting a carbon handle. You don't find carbon handles in a sub $100 reel, man. Chris, let me ask you on the handles. Yeah. Um, a lot of them are changing over to the EVA. How do you like? How do? You, what do you like on your on your handles? How do you EVA. like? You like the EVA foam? I like the EVA foam a lot too. Um, the pin, the new pin reels have the EVA um, on there. I like that a lot. Look, when I fish, my hands get slimy, and I'm not the type that carries a towel with me. And EVA grips continue to to maintain some tactile function even when you have slime on your hands yeah so yeah i'm down with the eva grips so those are some some highlights um on the reel it's it's got the typical you know it's got a graphite frame graphite side plates um so it's not an all-metal reel um but i think those people that go and, and pick this thing up they're going to like it, man. They're going to like it a whole lot. And you can pick it up at places like Walmart, Cabela's, Academy. Academy's got them. Um, dude, I'm on their website, and they say Hookspit's one of their authorized dealers. I didn't even know Hookspit was still in operation as far as a retailer goes. Mm-hmm. That's where Maybe I buy all of my... Sales. That's why, where I, I buy um, my Turner Rodco uh, decals and stuff from hook spit for the actual rods themselves huh um you know one thing i need to go out and buy i just need to go buy it i need to get a drifter hoodie 
from real sportswear. It's it's cool enough now. I just need to make my order, go get the Drifter hoodie. Do you have one of the Drifter hoodies? I do have one. I have the the uh what's the the gray with the it looks like swirling water. Oh no, that's the aft hoodie. I'm talking the Drifter hoodie is, oh, is the, the actual the yeah, the Drifter hoodie is the actual the the cold weather like a hoodie hoodie from real sport yes oh, okay. from gotcha, real gotcha. sportswear um you know what man i i have 75 hoodies what do i need 76 for i'm just kidding <laughs> i have because you, do, you don't have a real sportswear hoodie yet i don't have one yet um yeah my cold gear is is sort of lacking um dude i mean i'm i'm i would be wearing shorts today if i didn't have like yard work to do that's true. I mean, and, we don't we don't need them very often, but and when, it's almost when, December. When when we do need them, um, I like to be nice and warm and stylish. So tell, tell me about the hoodie, the uh, this hoodie that you really want one. What what about it that makes you want to have this hoodie in your in your hoodie collection? It has the raglan sleeves. It's <coughs> it's it's um. 60% polyester, 10% cotton. Uh, I mean, sorry. 60% polyester, around 30% cotton. And then you're going to have like 10% elastic. So it's like Fat Boy certified. Cause oh, you, there you go. You got can move around in it. it. Got some move stretch around. to it. Especially in a kayak, you want you want that stretch. You know what's funny um, is you're, you know, probably, I don't know, 12 years ago, you would have never thought that all of our clothing would be made out of polyester. Mm-mm, not at all. People were like cotton or nothing, right? Yep. For the longest time. And now synthetics are have come such a long way. But anyway, I just think it's funny because my first tuxedo that I bought to DJ in in the 90s was a polyester tuxedo. Yeah, we wore tuxedos back in the 90s to DJ in. And we had cummerbunds too. <laughs> and uh, so that's where I had this... My DJ buddies gave me this nickname, the DJ Poly Jester. Poly Jester. <laughs> yeah. DJ, so DJ Poly Jester. With and, the uh, cummerbund on. With yeah, the cummerbund. Because I had that damn polyester tuxedo, man. But now, well, tuxedos, probably, a lot of tuxedos are probably still made out of wool. Um, but synthetic fibers are pretty much everyday items. So. To see that this hoodie that you want to buy is 60, 30, 10 on, you know, and only 30% of its natural materials, it's not mind-blowing to me. Mm-mm. And it's gonna, it's, it'll be, it'll be super comfortable too. Um, and you were mentioning earlier, Chris, about transporting the kayaks. Um, cause I, you know, I am talking about getting the, um, autopilot you know which is a heavier kayak it's 130 something pounds and and just transporting it around and stuff like that i think um few few years i'll be 40 i mean i'm 30 am i 37 i'm 37 right now 38 something like that um a few more years i'll be 40 i think it's time that i buy a kayak cart and i think it's pretty easy um a kayak cart a cart. Okay, a I cart. thought you were going to say a trailer. But, no, no, right, no, no, no. A, kayak, a cart. kayak cart. I think it's pretty easy. 
Um, well, the the trailer. I don't really need a trailer because I I've man, built, they're so good to have though. But me me and my so brother nice have we have built a you know a kayak rack for the garage um, that is on wheels, and I'm not joking now. I can put my just wheel it uh, right up to the truck and just I wheel it right up to the right truck. On. Yeah. Lock the brakes. Somebody sometimes has to hold the cart. I can literally push the PA straight onto the truck and then unloading the um, or loading the radar. We built it high enough where, I mean, it's not going to be exact because it's still got to get out of the garage. But you just barely have to lift it up and you can slide it on the top rack. Yeah. Like, and, and unloading is the same way. You just lock the wheels and put it on there. But I think I'm going to finally have to buy me a kayak cart and... I think that the, the, the one and only kayak cart that's out there that has stood the test of time, man, and I see you making a face, I mm-hmm. think you may you may have some opinions about this, but I, I've seen how easy it is. I'm just going to go on ACK.com and order me a C-Tug. I need to just, just buy a C-Tug. So, rumor has it that C-Tug is going to be old news. Yeah, they probably have been the number one kayak cart. You know, scupper hole carts have have been known to destroy kayaks. So, you know, all the Sea to Summit stuff and and things like that aren't being really used or purchased anymore. They've kind of gone by the wayside, and I don't even think they're even been manufactured right now. There are some budget stuff, you know, budget things that are scupper hole kayak or, or scupper hole carts that you can still get, and there might be a couple other manufacturers that are similar to or trying to be the, the sea tub. But yak attack has one that's coming out. They won't tell us much about it. They're just teasing right now. And I'm not sure if it's like a, like a 2022 product or what, but it's supposed to put the sea tug to shame. But they better hurry up and come out with something because <laughs> you're gonna, because you you about to get one. Well, uh, and, to... and and I, I I just think that the motors motors are fixing to take over completely that take over. Help. Yeah, that will help. Motors are are gonna completely take over soon, and you're gonna need one, um, unless you're gonna spend a thousand dollars on batteries that are gonna make everything. You know you. Those lithium batteries you're going to spend a thousand bucks on. Yeah. For a good one, you're going to spend a thousand bucks or more. And people that have that kind of money, please tell me where you're finding it. (laughs) Because I don't don't have it. And I make a pretty decent living. I don't either. I will be using a a lead cell battery. (laughs) Well, Brochacho, I don't know if you have more that you want to cover, but I've got a dude headed over he should be here any minute and he's going to do some measurements in my house for some, uh, some, some more cabinets that were put in there. We're really close, man. We were supposed to be moving in this week, but, uh, we had some delays and now we're thinking first week of December, we get to finally finish the floors and that's going to take three days to finish the floors and then three days to cure. So possibly the second week in December, yeah. Well, the the only thing I was the only other thing that I was gonna mention was um, I own one. I, I've I've given some away, but as a gift that I'm gonna be giving away this Christmas, I'm gonna be giving away some bait butlers. Um, to there you go. 
two family members that have younger kids that want to fish or you know they they just like fishing bait um, let me let me tell you man if i'm gonna you, get my if, niece one for sure if you can get your hands on one grab it because since uh, for the past year they have been flying off of shelves and they're very hard to find um Luckily, got, luckily, me and you have a connection. We do with, have a connection with, with, with a few people. But I'm not just bullshitting here. I'm not just kidding. I mean, I, I'm not just saying it because you know Bait Butler and the creators of Bait Butler are friends of ours. I'm saying it because it's the truth. They can't even get product to many of the places that need product because it is so scarce right now. And when they do show up, they're gone. Boom, they yep. get sold off of the shelves um it's probably the most innovative bait system or it is the most innovative bait system out there you know it's just so easy to use it's super it's easy super and, easy the and kids, the one thing kids that, love it adults love it anybody that sees it loves it it's like a slinky well i i think it i think it's it, it's a testament to the fact of uh Tina and Mark, especially Tina, just out there grinding and getting the product in front oh, of as many people as she can. Because once you get it in front of you and you see it, you're like, why hasn't this been a thing for the past hundred years? Like, wh why has this not happened well, already? <laughs> because Homer buckets were just, you know, people just threw their bait inside of a Homer bucket and called it a day. But they it was didn't easier realize, and cheaper. They didn't realize that it could be better they didn't realize that they could keep their bait alive longer it's like that the heated seats, seats in the truck you didn't realize you'd like them until you had them yeah i had them once it was uh it was nice i guess but it don't get cold enough down here you gotta buy vehicles that aren't 20 something years old every single <laughs> every in fact my my youngest vehicle turns 19 next year there, there you go there you go but All right, anyways, man, I'm going to get off of here, brother. I got somebody, like I said, heading over here, man. This is a good conversation. Hopefully, all of you guys that are listening to this episode, now you've got some creative juices flowing. You know what's coming up. Um, we got to get we got to get that gift buying guide done soon, man, so we can get it out there to the guys. I know, I know Ugly Stick, I know Pin, Abu, um, Berkeley. They've all got new things out there. You know, I don't know if Real wants to drop some news on some of their new stuff or what they've got going on for Christmas, but I know that that Andrew would like to come on and talk about some of his stuff that he's got going on. Yes, sir. Um, but we gotta get them on, man. ACK, I'm sure. You know, even though their stock is sort of low, they've got to have some good Christmas stuff coming up. So I'm, let's get I'm them ready. on here and, and get it going. Chris, we need to do another Facebook Live too. Let's do it. In the next two episodes, one of them is going to be alive. 100%, man. And hopefully I'll be alive and I won't be freaking <laughs> about to die. You take care of yourself, die. brother. I won't be about to die. But to end the show, guys, again, like we said before, if you or anyone you know is interested in becoming a part of the Paddler's Playbook and sponsoring the show, hit us up uh, via email at paddlersplaybook at gmail.com. Uh, hit us up there. Let us know what kind of... Uh, 
What kind of deal are we talking, man? Do you, if, if you want to become a part of the show, become a part of the bro staff. I think we've grown a lot um, as a show. We've grown a lot over the years. We have grown the bro staff into a great little community. Earlier, Chris was talking about, you know, people who just want to be pro and this and that and how much of a pain in the ass it is. Well, Chris, we've surrounded ourselves with bro staff members, and I think that makes fishing and life so much easier, man. It's about the lifestyle, man. It's about that life. But we're going to get out of here, guys. Thank you for joining us. We will be back. I think next one, let's do a Milk Crate Confessions. Guys, send in your questions. I'm going to post up on Facebook. We're just going to talk about what you guys want to talk about. Peace out. See ya. <laughs>